it's all really little tweaky stuff. And of the tweaky stuff, it is primarily thought, action, speech. Hi, this is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers. And this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. Taylor, it's the Tuesday after Christmas. How was your Christmas? And before you answer that, let me just say that we're recording this on December 13th. (laughs) Because we didn't want to be recording during Christmas, during the holidays. So we have nothing to say about Christmas other than that we have absolutely no doubt that it was fantastic. At least I'm sure. I was just going to say, it's wonderful. It was wonderful. I'm predicting the future here. And then (laughs) knock on wood, because that's exactly when something goes wrong. Yes. Speaking of things going wrong, you had a cold front, a cold snap that came through Dallas with snow and like freezing stuff. That's crazy. Did. Didn't you? I thought I <laughs> no. saw. No, actually it was. It did. It didn't hit us. It went further south. It was snowing really? in Austin and yeah, in I knew San it. Antonio. Okay. I thought I saw snow in Dallas. In Dallas. No, we, we get it more often than they do, but for some reason it just kind of like the precipitation just ran south of us. It was quite fascinating. Everybody there was losing their minds. Well, I'm losing my mind here because it's cold. <laughs> you and... have no idea, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, was tell- I was telling someone the other day that Texas weather is like, here, let us roast you on the surface of the sun. Oh, and now have some ice cubes. <laughs> like, there's no in between. It's just like, Hell on earth, and then a few days of breezy, balmy temperature, and oh, and now go freeze your toes off. Sounds wonderful. Oh, yeah, we love it here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is a Hack the Craft show, right? Yes, it is a Hack the Craft show. We're going to deep dive into edits. Notice the way we've branded this. I've noticed that you mentioned that during the last show, so we've officially branded these shows as Hack the Craft shows. Yay. Yay. All right. <laughs> Branding, marketing. I mean, we're work, working on it. I'm <laughs> slow. I know. Drag me kicking and screaming into the 21st century. <laughs> All right. So what are we going to do? We're going to do a deep dive edit. And I'm going to start with a little bit of story background and background on the author so that everybody has some perspective on what it is we're about to head into. So this material was sent in to us by Kelsey Steltling. Thank you, Kelsey, for trusting me with your work. She is um, an independent author. She has independently published a work of historical nonfiction, a YA contemporary romance novella, a new adult contemporary romance novel, and two NA contemporary romance novellas. And what we're working with here is YA contemporary fiction and... It's about a girl who's recently been displaced, and we're not going to go into all the background of it, but we know that we're working with young characters. And the main issue that we're looking at here, and I'll just use her words because it's easiest to explain it that way. She says, I consider myself a clean, economical writer. I don't like to use a lot of fluff and try to only give just enough to let the reader's imagination run wild. Even though it's pretty sound, technically, I'd love for this group scene and future group scenes I write in the future to shine. I want the reader 
to feel he or she is Abby sitting at the lunch table with them. I feel like Abby, the third, and therefore the reader, disappears in this scene, especially during the heavy dialogue, making it read more like third person. So in this scene that she's struggling with, there's a group of friends at a lunch table. There's seven of them. Stormy, Andrew, Freckles, who's also known as Evan, Frank, Roberta, Leandra, and Macy. Plus, there's a mention of John, who's a guy that Abby had a crush on. And each of these characters has a unique role in the story. It's not like they could be combined into something. So essentially, this is a scene that takes place that's heavy on dialogue and has a lot of characters in it. And so the main issue then is, is the actual character, the voice, POV character, does she get lost in this scene? And when Kelsey first sent me this material, I wrote her back and I was like, you know, your writing is really clean and I'm not sure that there's anything that I can help you with. So what is it? That's the problem. And that's when she explained this to me. And then I went back and took another read and I was like, okay, yes, I see exactly what she's talking about. So in going over this piece, what I found to be Aside from the issue of the main character sort of gets lost in it and becomes more of a third-person perspective, her voice isn't there. Aside from that main issue, it's all really little tweaky stuff. And of the tweaky stuff, it is primarily thought, action, speech, which for those of you who are tuning in now, haven't followed along, thought, action, speech is a, a pattern that words have to flow in to actually make the writing work the way the mind works. There is a much longer, more in-depth explanation of what it is and how it works and why it works on my Patreon page, and I'm not going to go into all of that here. So those are the main, the main issues that I found, and they're very small, and they're not even things that I would ordinarily mess with, but when somebody sends me a piece, I do what I do. And you know, we'll learn from it. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and read the entire scene first as, as it was written. And then we'll go back through it block by block with my suggestions, the little things that I found, and then how I would recommend fixing them. And I think we can keep this in one show because it's really not a very big chunk of text. All right. And before so. you get started, let me give a, not a disclaimer, but remind you that this show's in video. And if you want to watch the video, it's available on Taylor's Patreon page. It's in the free section. I'll have a link to it in the show notes, but you can find it by going to patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens and looking, is there like a post tab or something yeah, like that? Yeah, there's a, there's a post tab and I try and, um, tag it, it patreon is not very easy to navigate because it's just sort of like a feed so i tag all of these with hack the craft tag oh clever. tag and if you look over on even on the first page if you look over on the left hand side you can see the hack the craft tag um box you can click on that not all hack the craft videos are um open to the public but all the podcast hack the craft videos are and once you click on that, even if you don't have a Patreon account, as you scroll down, you'll be able to see which ones you have access to. Cool beans. 
This is how it starts. Maybe we should all go together, Macy suggested at lunch. I mean, it's not like any of us has a date or anything. Andrew used his spoon to fling a pea at her. What am I, chopped liver? Frank picked it up off the table and popped it in his mouth. I never said I didn't have a date. Oh, really? Macy folded her arms and rested her elbows on the table. Who are you going with? Frank sat back in his seat, casting a glance at Stormy. She stared back at him, open mouth. Well, it's about time we told them, he said, running his hand through his buzzed hair. No way, Roberto said, his eyes pinballing between the two. Fine. Stormy dropped her fork on her tray and pushed it away. Fine. Frank asked me to go to the dance, and I said yes. Macy's mouth dropped open, and Evan made kissing sounds. Shut up, man, Frank said, hitting Evan on the shoulder, just because you're too chicken to ask the new girl. Evan blushed under his freckles and refused to make eye contact with me across the table. What did he do to you, Macy said. Frank grumbled something incoherent and shoved a spoonful of tater tot casserole in his mouth. An awkward pause took over our group until Stormy said, Anyway, y'all have to figure out what you're gonna do on your own what to do on your own. Yeah, Andrew jumped in. What she said. The bell rang and I pushed back from the table, glad to be free from the awkwardness that had just ensued. I'd been so excited for the dance when the tiniest possibility of going with John existed, but now I wanted it to be over. Everyone got so weird about these things, including me. Evan trailed behind everyone else, and my gut wrenched for him. He never did anything to deserve getting picked on. Hey, I said, dropping back to walk to the trash can with him. Don't worry about what Frank said. I know he was just messing with you. Evan stopped in his tracks and opened his mouth to say something, but someone bumped into him, sending chocolate milk down his backside. Oh, Freckles, I'm so sorry, the culprit, some freshman girl, chirped. Evan aimed his eyes up at the ceiling, then, with a look of pure resignation, dropped to his knees to help her pick up the scattered food. Between the two of them, they got it cleaned up quickly. I'm so, so sorry. Really, I am, she said, walking with him toward the trash. Don't worry about it, Shell. It's no big deal. I trailed along behind them, invisible. Evan dumped his tray, then turned to me and waited while I did the same. It wasn't just Frank being Frank, he said. What? Abby, his thin shoulders raised and lowered with his breath, and he closed his eyes just longer than a blink. Will you go to the sock hop with me? Oh, I... I paused, reveling in the question. I couldn't think of why not. Yes, I'll go with you. His dark brown eyes lit up with his smile. That's awesome. Something stirred in my core, not butterflies, but something good. At Freckles being so happy with my answer. Maybe little fireflies lighting up my world with specks of brightness I never, I never knew I'd have. And that's the end of the scene. So sometimes when I'm working this, I don't actually, I'm not actually aware of there being any issues until I start getting my hands dirty, so to speak. So like I said from the beginning, these are all really, really small things. And I, I just tried to color code them to make it easier to not clog this up with comments. And I want to say from the beginning that it would have been fine originally the way it was. These are just my tweaks because this is what I do. This is how I analyze and look at my own writing. So we're going to start with the opening paragraph where it said, maybe we should all go together. Macy suggested at lunch. And I am not privy to what came before this scene. I, I can only assume that there's a transition somewhere because if there was not a transition, we wouldn't be informed that 
they were at lunch. We'd are, the text would already show us that they were at lunch. Now, I highlighted Macy's suggested at lunch because for the reading brain, it is so much easier if the brain knows where they are before the talking begins. It's not quite as bad in this case as having a disembodied voice, but it falls under that same general rule. So I would always put the location of where they were up before the dialogue begins because the mind has the picture, scene, go, like that. The second thing that I've highlighted out in a few places here are just small little tweaks where I felt, and this is just my personal opinion, that a dialogue tag or some slight small change in the way the words were presented would add clarity. And the reason for that is we are working with the scene with many, many people in it. And when you have multiple characters like this, every small little beat that is not 100% crystal clear can add to a sense of confusion. So my main, uh, with that in mind, and there were a few other little tiny small words um, in this, in one of these sentences says, Frank picked it up off the table and popped it in his mouth. It is a word that if it can be replaced with something else, it's going to be more impactful because it is vague. It speaks to nothing. Even if that sometimes means repeating a word, it's better to repeat the word than, well, twice, not three, four, five, six times, unless you're going for um, repetition, than to have an it. And there were a couple um, duplicates. Frank picked it up off the table. Macy folded her arms and rested her elbows on the table. The other thing that I try really hard to do and which I, I blocked out in here is we don't want to have multiple actions if we can help it. So we have a phrase or a line such as Frank sat back in his seat casting a glance at Stormy. That's two actions happening in the same breath. And it creates a picture conflict in the reader head because the, the reading mind gets going with one and then it's forced to change over into the other. And it's much, it's going to read smoother if those are ordered in specific um, hard stops and then continues. And I'm gonna show how I would do that in just a second. And um, anything that wasn't clear, um, she stared back at him open mouth because we have multiple people who've been talking. You always want to make sure we have that person's name, even if it should be implied because they're following one sentence after the next. More than one person's been talking. We have to really make sure that's clear. And um, a, a tiny word choice issue was he ran his hand through his buzzed hair. And generally, you can run your hand over your hair, but you run your fingers through your hair. Um, so it creates sort of a word precision um, imagery issue. 
And the, the fact that he had buzzed hair, in this instance, that type of description added extra syllables. And my personal inclination would be to take out the buzzed because we should already know what this character looks like. This is obviously in the middle of the story somewhere. So if he has buzzed hair, we're already going to know it. We don't need to repeat it. And if his hair has just freshly been buzzed, then this is also not the time to put that in there. And uh, again, it's just my personal preference. And I'm only doing this because I've been asked to. And if the author chose to completely disregard all of this, the story was fine the way it was. So my revisions for that opening paragraph would be, at lunch, Macy said, maybe we should all go together. I mean, it's not like any of us has a date or anything. Andrew used his spoon to fling a pea at her. He said, what am I, chopped liver? Frank picked up the pea and popped it in his mouth. I never said I didn't have a date. Macy folded her arms and rested her elbows on the table. Oh, really, she said. Who are you going with? And that right there was a thought-action speech change. It originally read, oh, really? Macy folded her arms and rested her elbows on the table. Who are you going with? And by changing it to put the action first and then the speech, it just reads smoother. Macy folded her arms and rested her elbows on the table. Oh, really, she said. Who are you going with? Frank sat back in his seat. He cast a glance at Stormy. Stormy stared back at him, open mouth. He ran his fingers through his hair. Well, he said, it's about time we told them. So those are just really tiny, tiny little changes that, in my opinion, just help the scene flow a little better, a little more clear, and they were fine if none of that had been done. The next segment starts, no way, Roberto said, his eyes pinballing between the two. Fine. Stormy dropped her fork on her tray and pushed it away. Fine. Frank asked me to go dance and I said yes. Macy's mouth dropped open and Evan made kissing sounds. Shut up, man, Frank said, hitting Evan on the shoulder, just because you're too chicken to ask the new girl. Evan blushed under his freckles and refused to make eye contact with me across the table. What did he do to you, Macy said. Frank grumbled something incoherent and shoved a spoonful of tater tot casserole in his mouth. So I again highlighted out things that would create multiple actions in one go-round. Um, no way Ro Roberto said his eyes pinballing between the two, that is a said comma. And said comma is one of those things that I've wrapped Steve on his knuckles for many of times. It's on his list, his hit list, where he will now hunt down said comma and replace it with said period and figure out how to rewrite that sentence because it is a violation of the thought action speech rule. Um, most of this, the, the points in this paragraph that I'm pointing out are either a violation of thought action speech or multiple uh, actions in the same sentence that I felt would be better served being hard stop start again. I did, however, we did, however, hit something that I felt would answer the issue of how to bring out the person personality 
of Abby so that she's not lost in this scene because up until now we haven't even heard from Abby at all. And it's this sentence that says, what did he do to you, Macy said. And he, what did he do to you in this context is very confusing because Evan blushed under his freckles and refused to make eye contact with me. This is the first time we hear Abby's voice across the table. Then Macy says, what did he do to you? Is she talking about Evan? Or is she talking about Frank, who had just hit Evan on the shoulder? When it says, what did he did to do to you? Is she talking to Evan? Or is she talking to Abby, whose inner voice had just said, Evan blushed under his freckles and refused to make eye contact with me across the table. So we don't actually know who Macy is asking about, and we don't know who she's directing that question to. And this provides us a really wonderful opportunity. The first is to put, we, we solve the question of who Macy is talking to by putting some form of character motion, a character anchor before the question. And that will solve that problem. And after Macy says that, it provides us an opportunity to hear what Abby thinks. Abby, who is the point of view character, can clarify for us, the reader, who Macy's addressing, why she's asking this question, and what she's talking about. That will solve the reader question of who, what, where, how, why. It will also give us Abby's voice and how she feels about it through the word choices and the, um, the tone of her inner dialogue will tell us how Abby feels about whatever just took place. And by doing this, by putting us back into Abby's head, we are now with her. This is her scene. It's her voice. And it's no longer that distant uh, sort of third person that the author was concerned about. So that right there is our opening. And um, we'll go into a little bit more detail about that. And then Frank grumbled something incoherent and shoved a spoonful of tater tot casserole in his mouth. So now my, my fix is on this. Roberto's eyes pinballed between the two. No way, he said. And that was taking the exact same words and just switching them around so the action came first, then the, the speech. Stormy dropped her, dropped her fork on her tray. Fine. She pushed the tray away. Fine. Frank asked me to go to the dance, and I said yes. Macy's mouth dropped open. Evan made kissing sounds. Frank hit Evan on the shoulder. Shut up, man, he said, just because you're too chicken to ask the new girl. Evan blushed under his freckles. He refused to make eye contact with me across the table. What did he do to you, Macy said. Frank grumbled something incoherent and shoved a spoonful of tater tot casserole in his mouth. So now let's focus in on that, what did he do to you, Macy said. So it's not clear who Macy's speaking to or what she's asking about. If she was addressing Evan and asking about Frank, it would be something like, Macy smirked at Evan. What did he do to you, she said. And the reason I use the word choice smirk is because Evan's getting picked on by everybody, and that's kind of like a condescending thing. Pick any action. I just threw that one out there. Um, but it, it is an action that addresses who she's addressing the question to. If Macy's addressing Abby and asking about Evan, Macy raised an eyebrow and looked at me. What did he do to you, she said. 
But here's the thing. With either of those potential fixes, it's not clear who Macy is asking about or why. And it might not really even matter. It's probably no big deal. But it's still our opportunity because the inner dialogue at this spot can pull the triple duty. And it would, like we mentioned earlier, her thoughts could clarify who and why for the reader. Her voice and her word choice will tell us how she feels about it. And getting back inside her head keeps the scene from swallowing her. And this is an example of anchoring. And anchoring is ensuring the reader doesn't lose their place in the story. And um, if you want a much longer explanation of what anchoring is and how it works, that's over at Patreon as well. I did not fill in the details on this particular thing because I don't know these characters. I don't know who's saying what to who, where, or why. And I didn't want to waste a lot of time putting nonsense in here that actually would not be helpful at all. But I'm, I'm highlighting this out so that you can see how it would be done and that this now resolves not only the big issue that I was concerned about, but it can help clear up the text as well. All in one go, very few words needed, and off we go, and the story continues. The next original says, an awkward pause took over our group until Stormy said, anyway, y'all have to figure out what to do on your own. Yeah, Andrew jumped in, what she said. The bell rang, and I pushed back from the table, glad to be free of the awkwardness that had just ensued. I'd been so excited for the dance when the tiniest possibility of going with John existed, but now I wanted it to be over. Everyone got so weird about these things, including me. So I highlighted out awkward because it's used twice in the same three paragraphs. Um, I, I will offer a potential word fix. It's just there. It's probably not good, and it uses too many syllables, but I'm just putting it there. Um, we have, again, this issue of um, where I felt like we could use a hard stop. An awkward pause took over our group until Stormy said, I would hard stop it there because that allows the moment to settle. An awkward pause took over our group. Eventually, Stormy said. Um, I highlighted it out for language, for word usage. Um, anyway, y'all have to figure out what to do on your own. And it's, there's nothing wrong with these words. But because something else had taken place between the moment when um, Frank had said that he and Stormy were going to the dance together, and now the conversation is picking back up again, most readers will probably be fine. They'll get the inf inference. But because we have so many moving parts in the scene, we have to be extra clear. And so we want to throw a few extra words in there to remind the reader what it is she's actually talking about and why she's saying, anyway, y'all have to figure out what to do on your own. Then I highlighted out, yeah, Andrew jumped in, because this violates the thought action speech. However, I cannot figure out a better way to do it without it becoming very cold and um, mechanical and formulaic. So I'm leaving it exactly the way it is. But I'm highlighting it to show that rules are rules. We do them for a reason. And sometimes you just break them because it sounds better when you do. And this is one of those examples. I'm um, glad we did that. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I've had my mic 
muted most of the time, so you couldn't hear me drinking or moving in my chair. But I, I was just thinking, how is she going to do that? <laughs> So and it's good to know what, that we can break the rules from time absolutely. to time. Absolutely. I break them myself. Um, sometimes it's that overthinking it thing where you get you can actually ruin a scene by forcing the rule over cadence or common sense, I guess. You know? Then we have a couple, um, you know, another hard stop. The bell rang and I push back from the table. I think it would be better served for the hard stop. The bell rang. I push back from the table. And um, the double awkwardness. And then the author used the word tiny hyphen est as I don't know if that was a deliberate word choice for tiniest or if it was supposed to be tiniest. So I highlighted it just for awareness sake and I changed it. But that might have been deliberate, in which case that that's the author's to choose. So here's how. Um, I would tweak the, that little segment. An uncomfortable pause took over our group. Uncomfortable was my way of replacing awkward. It's more syllables. It's clunky. I didn't have a lot of time to really think about how to do it. it something needs to go there. An uncomfortable pause took over our group. Eventually, Stormy said, anyway, Frank and I are going together, so you all have to figure out what to do on your own. Yeah, Andrew jumped in. What she said. The bell rang. I pushed back from the table, glad to be free from the awkwardness that had just ensued. I'd been so excited for the dance when the tiniest possibility of going with John existed. Now I just wanted it to be over. Everyone got so weird about these things, including me. Uh, I added one word in there. Uh, it didn't exist before. And it's one of those filler words that normally I would wrap my own knuckles on trying to get it out. And it's the word just now I just wanted it to be over the original read, but now I wanted it to be over. And the reason I added that is just because it's more casual. And this is a young person talking. It's author choice. If someone didn't like it, it was perfectly fine the way it was. I just highlighting that I threw it in there. Okay, back to the original. Evan trailed behind everyone else, and my gut wrenched for him. He never did anything to deserve getting picked on. Hey, I said, dropping back to the walk to walk to the trash can with him. Don't worry about what Frank said. I know he was just messing with you. Evan stopped in his tracks and opened his mouth to say something, but someone bumped into him, sending chocolate milk down his backside. Oh, Freckles, I'm so sorry, the culprit, some freshman girl chirped. Evan aimed his eyes up at the ceiling, then, with a look of pure resignation, dropped to his knees to help her pick up the scattered food. Between the two of them, they got it cleaned up quickly. I'm so, so sorry. Really, I am, she said, walking with him toward the trash. Don't worry about it, Shell. It's no big deal. So what I highlighted in here are two, a few hard stop suggestions and thought action speech reversals. So, hey, I said, dropping back to the trash can with him, dropping back to walk to the trash can. It's it's that type of stuff. But the main one that really would be important to do it that way is the, the line that says, oh, freckles, I'm so sorry, the culprit, some freshman girl chirped. Now, the reason why is that if it had said, oh, freckles, I'm so sorry, the culprit chirped, it might work. But because we have these dashes in there that interrupt the flow with with train of with the the thought, some freshman girl, it adds a lot of syllables. And so we need to know that who's speaking before 
the speaking starts for actual mental clarity and, and movie picture making. I also um, pulled out uh, in his tracks, Evan stopped in his tracks. I pulled those three words out as redundant and cliche. It should just be Evan stopped. And then I pulled out when she says, don't worry about what Frank said. I know he was just messing with you. I pulled out, I know, not because there was anything wrong with it, but because we want to tighten the dialogue. And I would even, for the sake of cadence in the way that I'm going to tweak it, I'm going to take out also the said, don't worry about what Frank said. And I'm going to change that to don't worry about Frank. That doesn't mean that it's right. I'm doing it for cadence to avoid overuse of the word said because of the way it's going to read once we start the tweaking. And then lastly, at the very last line, last two lines, it says, I'm so, so sorry. Really, I am, she said, walking with him toward the trash. Don't worry about it, Shell. It's no big deal. I highlighted it out before the don't worry about it, Shell. We need some kind of movement anchor. Um, and, and I know that this author really likes to keep their uh, writing clean and streamlined, and it's beautiful in that sense. But every once in a while, we're going to have to insert something because it gives it more depth and it gives it um, a sense of we really keep track of who's doing what. So I would have Evan make some small movement. Evan shrugged. Don't worry about it, Shell. It's no big deal. Just for the sake of flow, for the sake of the story. So here's how I would tweak that scene. Evan trailed behind everyone else. My gut wrenched for him. He never did anything to deserve getting picked on. I dropped back to walk to the trash can with him. Hey, I said, don't worry about Frank. He was just messing with you. Evan stopped. He opened his mouth to say something, but someone bumped into him and sent chocolate milk down his backside. The culprit, some freshman girl, chirped, Oh, Freckles, I'm so sorry. Evan aimed his eyes up at the ceiling. Oops, sorry, I missed one there. That up is redundant. Evan aimed his eyes at the ceiling. Then, with a look of pure resignation, dropped to his knees to help her pick up the scattered food. Between the two of them, they got it cleaned up quickly, and the girl walked with him to the trash. I'm so, so sorry, she said. Really, I am. Evan shrugged. Don't worry about it, Shell. It's no big deal. Now back to the original. I trailed along behind them, invisible. Evan dumped his tray, then turned to me and waited while I did the same. It wasn't just Frank being Frank, he said. What? Abby. His thin shoulders raised and lowered with his breath, and he closed his eyes just longer than a blink. Will you go to the sock hop with me? Oh, I... I paused, reveling in the question. I couldn't think of why not. Yes, I'll go with you. His dark brown eyes lit up with his smile. That's awesome. Something stirred in my core, not butterflies, but something good, at Freckles being so happy with my answer. Maybe little flyer fireflies lighting up my world with specks of brightness I never knew I'd have. So I highlighted out the word trailed at the very beginning. I trailed along behind them just because that's how the previous segment opened too. And I have, after that, I trailed along behind them invisible. I highlighted that out as an opportunity to bring the character back into this as more than just um, 
moving through the scene. Um, at earlier, she said so, some freshman girl, like she didn't know the girl. And, and then Evan apparently knew this girl's name. So I'm thinking, well, a character would be like, have some feeling about that. Like, here's this intruder that came in and, you know, dumped milk all over her friend. And he even knows who she is, but she doesn't know who that girl is. It's a moment. It's, it's a beat. It's something to pause and add something if, if so inclined. The other thing is Evan dumped his tray, then turned to me and waited while I did his, the same. It wasn't Frank just being Frank, he said. There's a word action order issue there where um, it needs to be reordered to actually have it um, work, to, to flow. Um, and it's just one of those things where it needs to be switched around a little bit. And there's another opportunity after it wasn't Frank, just Frank being Frank, to continue the character beat um, and, and bring a little more life into this character and draw her into this scene. Again, if the author so chooses, this is just how I would do it. Um, the character says, what? Abby, his thin shoulders raised and lowered with his breath. I would say a breath, just because his breath is so... It's awkward, I feel. And we could use a hard stop there. He closed his eyes just longer than a blink and then says, will you go to the sock hop with me? Just a few little tweaks for cadence. Other than that, it was, it was perfect the way it was. So here's how I would tweak it. I would switch out trailed for followed. I followed along behind them, invisible. And how... I just, for the sake of throwing something out there to insert a character uh, inner dialogue beat, it bothered me a little that Evan and the girl knew each other and I was the outsider here. Evan dumped his tray, waited while I did the same, then turned to me and said, it wasn't just Frank being Frank. And then we would use inner dialogue to transition just a little and give her a sense of... Um, it just it just adds that sense of weight to the character. It took me a second to jump out of the new train of thought back to where we'd been. I must have looked pretty dumb standing there blinking at him. Abby, his thin shoulders raised and lowered with a breath. He closed his eyes just longer than a blink and said, Will you go to the sock hop with me? Oh, I, I paused, reveling in the question. I couldn't think of why not. Yes, I'll go with you. His dark brown eyes lit up with his smile. That's awesome. Something stirred in my core. Not butterflies, but something good. It freckles being so happy with my answer. Maybe little fireflies lighting up my world with specks of brightness I never knew I'd have. So I didn't even touch those last um, sentences. And so, again, I know that the author really tries to keep the material clean, but I felt that adding a few more character beats in there, a little more inner dialogue, would tag on to what we would do earlier with the, the question that needed some clarification. And it would help keep the character's voice alive and keep the character feeling real and um, present until we get through the end of the segment. And that's all that I've got. Well, that's that was really, really good and really clear. I think we, I'm going to say we, I think we're getting better at these. 
Um, just I could I could see just being out running and listening and and getting quite a bit out of this. Um, we've done enough of these. We you have done enough of these that the presentation is is becoming really smooth. And I of course loved what what you did to the material. I because we were coming in sort of in the middle of the story and I didn't really understand who the characters were. I had a hard time figuring out who was talking to who and what was going on, who was asking whom for a date. It was just confusing to me. And then seeing it this way with just the extra character beats really kind of brought it to life for me. And I am not the audience for, for this kind of fiction. And, and, you know, we have to keep in mind that whoever's reading this is already going to be with these characters. Right. Like they're, they're already going to know. know them. Right. Yeah, they'll know so, about the, the buzz cut or the no, the non buzz cut. And... Yeah. It's just small little tweaks. And mm -hmm. like I said, from the beginning, when I first read this, I was like, I don't know that there's anything I need to help you with. So just because I'm going in here saying, this is how I would change it. This piece was solid as it was. And these are, the little tiny writing hacks that just kind of make it like a notch easier to read. But this is cleaner than most of what you'd find out there as, as is. Well done. And uh, thank you to Kelsey for sending that in. That's, that was uh, bold and um, very nice of you to do. This was, that's a great piece to work on during the show. There's a lot, a lot of meat in there, Taylor. Good job yes. by you. All right, so that is it for this week. Good job by everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We will not be back next Tuesday, which will be January 2nd. Every, or January, is it January 2nd? Yeah, January 2nd. Uh, we'll, we're going to take that week off and be back on January 9th. So the first show of the new year will be January 9th. Happy New Year, everyone. Have a safe and happy New Year. Taylor, Happy New Year to you. Are you going to do your usual uh, end-of-the-year ruminations? I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to learning about that when we come back on the night. Thanks for being with us, guys. Um, if you've enjoyed this show, if you've found value and you're not yet a patron, I would certainly appreciate your patronage and helping to keep these shows coming. If you have anyone in your life that you know is an author and would appreciate or could use this type of tutorial, by all means, share it with them. We'll all get better, cleaner, stronger books as part of our reward. And I look forward to seeing you guys as we roll into 2018.